Thank you. Good morning. Greet each one in Jesus' name. Beautiful Lord's Day, was already mentioned. <clears throat> I was challenged with that last song that we sang. People of the living God, I have sought the world around. Paths of sin and sorrow trod. Peace and comfort nowhere found. Now to you my spirit turns, turns a fugitive unblessed. Brethren, where your altar burns, oh, receive me into rest. Good introduction to my, um, what I have to share this morning. First of all, I do want to thank you all for your friendship, for your hospitality um, the last few weeks. And the food that you all shared with us, it became a, a problem. <clears throat> we could hardly close our, our freezer in our little house. And I was planning to do some fasting and praying while I was here. And it was really hard. When you have elk steak sitting in, in front of you and marinated chicken, it's, it was a problem. But I, I do want to thank you all for your warm hospitality. We have enjoyed our, our time here. <clears throat> but we are ready to get back home so we can um, focus a little more on child training. It's easier to do it at home. I was asked to share last summer, and I didn't feel like I was prepared. I didn't feel up to it when we were visiting here last summer. And I needed time to just sit back and ob observe. I didn't know you all very well. At least I thought I didn't until we um, stepped in here. And um, I know a lot of your families, so I feel like I do know you all because of the past. It's been a blessing worshiping with you. Uh, I will say last Sunday was a real heart-searching time for me through our Sunday school class and uh, the message and the devotion that Ryan shared last Sunday. I was convicted and along with today um, thank you all for sharing in the Sunday school class <clears throat> you know I was challenged with the thought of denying self trusting in the Lord and denying self you know I think we all understand self is our worst enemy Romans 12 comes to mind, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. That's my prayer, but I have to continue to deny self. For some reason, um, thinking about this message and preparing it, I kept thinking back to my youth, probably because of spending a lot of time with um, Jace here and working with him. But thinking a lot of my youth and the things that I went through and maybe the pillars that helped me, the stepping stones in my youth. That's why this, this song was precious to me as a young person. Because, you know, as we go through school, as we study history and the many religions out there, 
the many giving their life for what they believed. I have sought the world around, paths of sin and sorrow trod, peace and comfort nowhere found. I believe all of us, there's a time in our life that we had to look, we had to search, we had to, to find. So I'm going to be sharing some of the pillars. I'm going to take you to some of the pillars that were in my life and are, are still in my life that I keep t- going back and visiting. <clears throat> I put a title here, Peace Through the Blood of Jesus. And if you can paint a picture in your mind of, of having that peace through the blood of Jesus on our Christian journey. We're going to look at life of Peter a little bit and the change of his life and the power in his life. Appreciated the um, the Sunday school lesson, how Paul wanted to simplify the message. And that's what I've written down here. I want to simplify the message this morning. I once sat in a in a service, Sunday service, where a very powerful message was preached. It was on the circumcision of the heart. And I was con- convicted. After the service, I turned around to speak to the young family behind me. And I just randomly felt led to ask the brother. I was like, did you understand that? Did you... Were you able to to um, comprehend what was shared, he said, a little bit. I understood it to a degree. So I hope I can um, simplify the message this morning. Some preachers, I heard of one preacher that wrote at the top of his notes, preach to the children. We need to feed the lambs not only the fully grown sheep. So come along with me as we go on this um, journey. Most of this message I was thinking back to when I was young and my Christian journey and the things that I faced. So the title of my message is Peace Through the Blood of Jesus. Can we focus on that peace a little bit? I know we all want that peace. We understand to a degree about that peace, the tranquility, the stillness, the calmness, repose, the peace through the blood of Jesus, applying the blood of Jesus. I understand the Christian journey, it's a battle, but there's an element of peace in our hearts, knowing our sins are forgiven. Under the blood of Jesus. As a young person and still today, it overwhelmed me when I would think of my sins being forgiven. Philippians, we read, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. That's a good verse if we have, if we are struggling with the assurance of salvation. It's interesting as we go through our Christian life to look, look back 
at the stepping stones that have brought us to where we are today. And I would like to share some of those, and hopefully it can help someone here. I really struggled growing up uh, understanding the purpose of the church, the reason of the church and church membership. I really struggled with some of those things until in school in my seventh or eighth grade, we studied the book of Acts pretty much all year. And then I was able to understand when Jesus went to heaven and what his will was for his followers and the birth of the, the church, his, his bride. As we think of that peace, with obedience to Christ and him sending the Holy Spirit to dwell in our life, for us to understand that, for us to feel it, for us to have that, that peace. There was a song that was going through my mind I'm not sure where I heard it first, but it was a song that it means a lot to me. And I thought maybe if we sing this song, I couldn't find it in your book, but I thought maybe if we sing this song, we could take it home with us. We could um, remember this a little bit better. And so I've asked um, a handful of people here to sing um, since it's not in the books. And I guess if those of you that know it, you, you can help them sing along with it. So you can go ahead and um, share that song with us at this time. Uh, the title is, There is a River.
Thank you all very much. I don't believe they knew that song when they woke up this morning. <clears throat> so they did very, very well. As we think of the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost, as they waited in the upper room, and that sound from heaven, rushing mighty wind, filled their hearts with singing and gave them peace within. That's how the songwriter put it. <clears throat> there is a river that flows from deep within. There is a fountain that frees a soul from sin. So as I'm looking at these first couple rows of, of young people, there's so much potential there. As I think of Christ flowing into you and you flowing out to others, I can get pretty excited as I think of God working in each one of your, your lives. So the book of Acts, um, beginning of the book of Acts, has been a pillar to me, and I keep going back to it. I keep thinking of Jesus and his last words to us, and him leaving, his ascension, and then the coming of the Holy Spirit. My, my hope as the Spirit came in to dwell in, in men. Maybe I can give you a little bit of history here. Um, I wondered about this scene as we look at that picture of the day of Pentecost when they were gathered in the upper room. I was born in 1985 over in Fairfield, Montana. And a few years after that, I was probably five, four, five, or six, I was sitting in the basement of Fairfield Mennonite Church coloring this picture of these men in the upper room as the spirit came in and the flame of fire on their head. And I did not understand what that fire meant. I wondered about it for years. What was that fire? Why did they have that fire on their head? Till it became real in my life. And I'm still understanding more as Time goes on. I'm understanding more about that fire and the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting to think back to when it first entered my mind as a, as a child in the, the, the preschool class. I could almost draw you that picture. I could almost draw that, you that picture this morning. It's very vivid in my, in my mind. I do want to turn to the uh, book of Acts, and we're going to read a little bit here. I don't know how long I have to, uh, to share here, so I do want to keep it going. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit, and that was mentioned in, in Sunday school of the Holy Spirit coming in. 
The former treaties, I'm going to start in um, chapter 1. Former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? They hadn't given up yet. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus' last words to us here. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. I have that hope. I have that, that hope. Let's turn to um, Acts 2, when the, the Holy Spirit comes. And I'm fascinated, the change that came over Peter. We know Peter well, his life as Jesus' disciple following Jesus. And it fascinates me the power when the Holy Spirit entered his his life and the, the boldness by which he he preached. I want to read some here. Um, when the Holy Spirit comes, like the song that um, they just sang. Acts two, verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there were all with they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speaking in his own language. I'm going to skip a, a little bit of what I was planning to read for the sake of, of time. But as we see them being filled with the Holy Spirit, and to me it's a, it's a joy to experience that almost with them, to go back, to step back in, in time. And when I lose my way, when I 
when I have my doubts, I like to, to come back here um, to the book of, of Acts and read over this and ask the Spirit. I try asking the Holy Spirit to, to dwell in me, to come in, to reign in my life daily. I'm going to, um, let's flip uh, over to uh, verse 14. When Peter um, stood up with, with boldness and started to preach, started to teach, that was after some of them were amazed, some of them doubted, some of them thought that maybe they were, were drunk. But Peter, verse 14, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it came to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spear upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to pause reading there. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. This is real to us today. And for you as a, a church here, the Spirit dwells in, in each one of you as you deny your, yourself, as, you empty, as you're empty of self. The Spirit dwells in you. And as your young men see visions, do not take that lightly. Do not, do not pass that off. Um, as your old men dream dreams, listen. Listen to those, those dreams. There are many stories out there that God gives visions and dreams. They are real. They have meaning. But for the Spirit to enter my life, we keep coming back to, to self. Um, there was a um, poem that I had learned in um, school, and I want to share that with you all as we think of deep denying self and letting Christ work in, in our lives and filling us with the Spirit. The poem is The Chosen Vessel. I thought about this a lot. I want to just pause here. As I go through life and as I think of being used of, of God, what, what would be holding, holding me back? What am, what am I filled with? 
the chosen vessel. The master was searching for a vessel to use. Before him were many. Which one would he choose? Take me, cried the gold one. I'm shiny and bright. I'm of great value, and I do things just right. My beauty and luster will outshine the rest. And for someone like you, master, gold would be best. The master passed on with no word at all and looked at a silver urn, narrow and tall. I'll serve you, dear master. I'll pour out your wine. I'll be on your table whenever you dine. My lines are so graceful and my carving so true and my silver will always compliment you. Unheeding, the master passed on to the brass, wide mouth and shallow, and polished like glass. Here, here, cried the vessel, I know I will do. Place me on your table for all men to view. Look at me, cried the goblet of crystal so clear. My transparency shows my content so clear. Though fragile am I, I will serve you with pride, and I'm sure I'll be happy in your house to abide. The master came next to a vessel of wood. Polished and carved, it solidly stood. You may use me, dear master, the wooden bull said, but I'd rather you use me for fruit, not for bread. Then the master looked down and saw a vessel of clay. Empty and broken, it helplessly lay. No hope had the vessel that the master might choose to cleanse and make whole to fill and to use. Ah, this is the vessel I've been hoping to find. I'll mend it and use it and make it all mine. I need not the vessel with pride of itself, nor the one who is narrow to sit on the shelf, nor the one who is big mouth and shallow and loud, not one who displays his contents so proud, not the one who thinks he can do all things just right, but this plain earthly vessel filled with my power and might. Then gently he lifted the vessel of clay, mended and cleansed it and filled it that day, spoke to it kindly, there's work you must do. Just pour out to others as I pour into you. As we think of peace, calmness, obedience to Christ, peace through the blood of Jesus. As I was thinking about this in my own life, I thought about something that happened to me, a story that I could share that will bring out a little bit better, I hope, the peace that we can have, we can enjoy through the blood of Jesus. We can draw some parallels to, to this story, to our Christian walk. We were at a family reunion when I was quite a bit younger. And those who felt strong, those who were brave, were going to take 
a race? Is it called fell running, a mountain race? Race to the top of a mountain and back down. We looked at a map, a map briefly. I do not believe we were carrying maps with us. But you all know a little bit about mountains around here and um, trails. If you do not have a phone or a GPS or anything, if you were going off of the markings on the path, we were told that there was red paint marking the path to the top of the mountain and then back down. We studied a little bit and we took off, feeling very strong. We noticed right away the paint was very faded. We could see a little bit of red paint here and there. And the trail was not cleared, was not clean. It was through the brush, through the um, very thick foliage there. I didn't even know if we were on the right path, but once in a while we would see a faint marking of red. And we kept on, on going. Of course, the faster runners got out in front a little bit. And as we got to the top, there was a T. It was an intersection. And the men that were with me, the young, young boys, made a left. And so I followed them. I followed them. And pretty soon, I was not seeing red paint and I thought they were experienced mountain men. In fact, one had worked at the Bald Eagles Wilderness Boys Camp as a very su successful chief there. I figured he knew the way. I was following him. But when I stopped seeing paint, I turned around and headed the other way. I was by myself, but yet I was seeing the red paint. I had peace. I had confidence that I was on the right, the right road. I came to a wide logging path where I could move very, very rapidly. I knew there was a few people up in front of me, and if I wanted to win, I could not lose time. So I was speeding down the logging road till I seen a path off to my left. I'm like, is that the right, right road? I could not see the markings. It was not clearly marked. I went on past it and looked down on the um, ground. I could see a few footprints from the other runners. I'm like, they went that way. This must be the right. But yet I could not see red paint. I turned around and went into that little trail, which turned out to be the right, the right path. But as I hurried down this path, completely out of, out of air, I looked down the mountain and seen my goal. I seen the end, but I couldn't find a path to it. Eventually, I just charged off the trail and charged down through the bushes as hard as I could, could go to the goal. I wanted to win. I was pretty sure I was in the lead. And I made it all the way down there. I made it to the goal. 
first. As the others worked it out and came down the right trail, um, we talked about it a little bit, and um, immediately I was disqualified. But yet, over time, they figured it, it out, and a lot of them made it on the right path. Made it worse that one of them was my younger brother that I was trying to beat. <clears throat> so what can we learn? Some of them, I think, went off into the mountains and got lost for a little while. Some made it back. Some, we gave enough patience, and they worked, they worked it out, and they were able to follow the right path and make it back to them go. Number one, the peace through the red paint. Peace through the blood. As, as I seen the paint, I had peace. I had confidence that I was on the right path. When peace, when, when the blood is applied to my life and to those around me, I can have peace that I am on the right path. I thought about a lot of these things in my, in my youth. The blood of Jesus must be applied. If we are on a path, our journey through life, and we no longer see the blood of Jesus, turn around, turn around. I don't care who is on that, that journey. If sins are not being con confessed, repented of, and forsaken, if sins are not being covered by the blood of Jesus, turn around. Go back to where you see the blood of Jesus being applied. <clears throat> Sometimes it takes patience, just like we gave patience for those other, other boys. As they were on the wrong track, the wrong trail, they got lost. But given enough time, they still were striving they still were striving for that, that goal. They eventually found it and made it to their goal. We do need to give others patience. Maybe I've jotted down something from Sunday school. I might have reworded it a little bit. Yeah, I reworded it. Following what we feel is right is only safe when we are connected to the vine. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit. As we're filled with the Holy Spirit, God will lead us. We can have confidence that we are on the right track. As the Holy Spirit leads us, as we confess our sins, as our sins are covered by the blood, as we re repent and forsake our sins. That's all I have. Thank you for being good li listeners. I hope through the song and through the story, hope that will be a pillar in someone's life here that we can look, look back. <clears throat> Thank you.